Well, we want to say good morning to everyone, and we'll give some people an opportunity to get into the stream. Blessings to all of those. We want you to like and share. Well, we want to say good morning and welcome to Word of Life Community Church, Greater Birmingham, where we're changing the world by serving others. Our goal is to open up the eyes of the blind and teach the truth of God's word so it's applicable for daily living, whereby the hearers will come into God's center they're living for themselves and their families. This is our vision and our mission. <clears throat> we want you to spread the word. Uh, we want to say, um, we want to just kind of uh, make sure that we keep... Uh, bereaved families in prayer and those who are recovering. So um, we thank God that uh, Miss Beulah Arnold, my grandmother, is out of the hospital. And so we continue to uh, pray for her strength. Uh, she told me yesterday, she said, man, I'm going to live till I'm 100. That's my goal. And so I stand in agreement with you, mama. So um, we just continue to pray her strength and pray for those who who care for her, uh, all of my aunts and uncles and my mother. So we pray that you continue to bless them. Um, for uh, Attorney uh, Jamiria Moore and her family, we, we're praying with you. Uh, we just believe God that uh, God doesn't make a mistake. And so we stand with you in every area of your life. So uh, so we're, we're praying for you. Happy anniversary to um, Pastor Mayor Gosa uh, down there in Demopolis, Alabama. Uh, just some powerful men and women of God. And so we just thank you for what you do in that community and happy anniversary. And we pray for 26 more and beyond that. Uh, if you are celebrating a birthday or if you are celebrating an anniversary this month, we say happy birthday and happy anniversary. Uh, our church was also fortunate and blessed. So we want to say uh, thank you to uh, Commissioner Scales and the Scales campaign for featuring our church this week on Sundays with Scales. And so, you know, you've got all kind of churches in the city of Birmingham, but um, the fact that we were able to be spotlighted. So uh, if you look on our page, you'll be able to take a look at it. Check it out. It's only 30 minutes. And, and I promise you, there's been some other powerful men and women of God um, that have been on there. So please go back and take a look at that, too. Amen. Well, <clears throat> let's get into the word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for another opportunity to be in your word. God, we thank you now for this day. Uh, we don't take it lightly, but every day is a declaration of independence day for us, God. And so, Father, we declare your word on this day. And Father, we thank you that we're a part of your family. And so, Father, we holler your name. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider. You are the Lord God, our banner and our shield. And so, Father, we thank you now for this word that as it goes forth, it flows freely and unchecked by any satanic attacks or demonic influences. And Father, when it's all said and done, when people get saved, when people get set free and when they get delivered, we won't take any credit for it, but we'll give you the glory, the praise and the honor in Jesus name. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to take a little break. I've been teaching on biblical economics, but I'm going to take a little break. And you know why? Because it is the 4th of July. I know you typically associate the 4th of July with fireworks. Uh, you typically um, you associate it with uh, different types of food, uh, different types of decorations. 
And so today we want to uh, take just a little break and, and teach from um, a, a theme um, that, that is typically associated with the 4th of July. Um, in, in, in preparing for this, um, I started reading a little bit, and, and for you who know me, you know that I'm a history buff. But July 4th commemorates the passage of the Declaration of Independence. And of course, the author was Thomas Jefferson, along with John Adams, Ben Franklin, Roger Sherman, and William Livingston. Surprisingly, a lot of people don't know, but the earlier versions had the denunciation of African slave trade. But it was deleted thinking that it would offend the southern states. And as a result, they would not get the, the number of votes to be able to pass it. And so today, just for a little while, I just want to talk about um, some things that we can do uh, as personal believers and as a body that will help us uh, in our walk with Christ and in our professional and personal lives. But just for a little while today, I want to entitle this message Declaration Day. Declaration Day. Now you notice I didn't say Declaration of Independence, but I said Declaration Day because you can declare on a number of things. You can declare of your independence. You can declare of your healing. You can declare of your prosperity. Whatever it is, you can declare. When we make biblical declarations, they're simply words of truth and promises from God to his children through the foundation of his word. I'm going to say that again. Biblical declarations are simply words of truth and promises from God to his children through the foundation of his word. So there's a few things there. Number one, I said truths and promises. Everything that God does is the truth. And he never lies. So whatever promises he make, you can rest assured that it's going to last. And then guess what? It's to his children. It's not for other folks, but it's definitely for his children and it's through his word. So for foundational text, go with me to Luke. Uh, no, no, no. Let's go. Before we go to Luke, let's go to Job chapter 22. Job chapter 22. I won't hold you long today. I know you're trying to get to that barbecue and, and everything. Yes, the fireworks show. So I'm going to make sure that I get you uh, in and out today. I pray. So you got it? Job 28 at verse 22. I'm just going to read this one verse and it reads thusly. You will also declare a thing and it shall be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. If I'm reading out of the New King James uh, Version, but if you're in the King James Version, yours may say you may decree a thing, declare and decree. That's why you hear that quite a bit. But, but, you, but, but my, my text says you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So, so if we want to get to a point where things start to be established in our lives, we got to start declaring them. The, the reason why uh, we tend not to declare things is because we want to make sure that we, we move away from, from accountability. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, 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 but we have to now start to declare things. Um, 
when, when the word goes forth, when it comes out of your mouth, it will not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish that which God sent it forth to accomplish, to prosper in the thing whereinto he has sent it. So guess what? When we start to declare things, when we start to speak things and it's based upon the word, it does not come back to us void. That's why it's so critical to know the word, because when you're able to know the word, then you can decree the word or you can declare the word or you can declare things that are based upon the word. And when we declare things that's based upon the word, then we see them become established in the earth realm. And the only way that we can really establish some things in the earth realm is that we got to declare them first. And when we declare them, then guess what? Then they will happen in the earth realm. I don't have time to really go and unpack this, but if you go to Genesis, uh, right, uh, well, in chapter one, uh, it starts there. When God said something, he said it, he saw it, it was good. He declared it, it came to pass, and he appreciated it. He declared it, it came to pass, and he appreciated it. We have to take that same um, mode of operation. We declare it, and we will see it, and we and we move on. And 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 so there is a level of of confidence based upon the word. Sometimes we really try to depend on our own ability, our own accolades and everything else. But but there's something to be said when we when we stand on the foundation of God's word. And so we declare it. And when we declare it, it comes to pass. So now let me, let me do this real quick. There are three characteristics of declarations. So so here's the first characteristic. And, I'm, I, and I'll cover these in scripture. It's conscientious. Those who to make declarations are typically conscientious. What do you mean? I'm conscious about what I'm saying. I'm consistent about what I'm saying. And so when I'm conscious and I'm consistent, then it tends to come to pass. If I say enough that I'm going to lose some weight, then guess what? Eventually, if I put action with my words, they will come to pass. If I say that I'm going to be prosperous, or if I say I'm going to have a great marriage, or if I say that I'm going to have um, a wonderful career, if I say that my children are going to be blessed, if, I mean, whatever it is that I consistently declare and I put action and effort with it, then it will and it shall become established. So, so, the, so the first characteristic is being conscientious. The second characteristic is you got to have some courage. You, when you start saying things, when you start to declare things, you got to be courageous because you understand and know that everyone is listening. And my God, in this age of social media where everything is captured in real time, then guess what? You got to have some courage to be able to say that. I think about Muhammad Ali. He was, man, he was so bold. He would say stuff. I'm going to knock him out in three. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And why? Because he had courage. He had the confidence to know that, you know what, regardless of what I say, it's going to be established and going to come to pass. But you have to have some courage. So first, conscientious. Second, courage. And the third thing is you got to have some, some conviction. I mean, you got to mean that thing. You got to believe it. It's one thing to say it consistently and to think about it. It's another thing to be bold and, 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 and get out there and say it, but it's another thing to believe it. 
Sometimes people are saying things, but they really don't believe it. There's some people that are praying for things and they really don't believe that God's going to do it. So why even pray? When I'm praying for something, I'm believing it. As a matter of fact, that's why I'm praying because I know that I can't do it on my own. So I need God to come into the picture and do what he does no better than anybody else. And, and so there has to be a level of conviction. That is the problem that we have in present day society. Nobody's convicted about anything. And I don't mean convicted as in going to jail, but I mean convicted in terms of, you know what? I know what I know what I know. In other words, if I'm in it, I'm in it to win it. I, I'm not going to leave here. I'm, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to be convicted in what I do. And so we have to understand and know that this level of conviction and this level of commitment that allows us to do this. I, I, I'll say this. I, I went home and I should have given him a shout out, but I went home to to uh, be with my old coach who, who's retired, Bobby Wright, who retired after 46 years of service and education and 44 years in, in, in my old high school, Central Phoenix City. And so it was amazing to hear all of the different stories of the people that came in to speak. But as they spoke, all of them spoke with a level of conviction. Why? Because they could feel that thing. Because there was something that had, had transpired in their lives that caused them to be able to articulate what it was with such conviction that you felt it. So it's one thing for me to say certain words, but it's another thing when I feel it. Uh, let me give you a good example. Have you ever had someone to say something and you like, oh, they don't mean that. But then there's someone else that says something. And you say, oh, man, they meant that. They felt that. Or let me give you even a better example. Have you ever heard somebody sing something? And, and, and when they sang it, you knew that they were singing it from a personal perspective. You knew that they were singing it from a level of conviction that only they could come. And so we have to have a certain level of conviction when we declare. So first, conscientious. Second, um, be courageous. And third, have a conviction. So let's, let's, let's see how we can do this. Let's go to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. See, because when, when, when Thomas Jefferson wrote this Declaration of Independence and all of his committee, um, just because they declared that they were independent from Great Britain didn't necessarily mean that um, that was going to be it. That, okay, well, I'm, I'm out and that's it. See y'all later. No, they knew that once I declared that I was going to be my own country, that I was going to be these United States of America, then there was going to be some things that were going to challenge me afterwards. It's the same way with you. When you start to declare some things in your life, then guess what? That's when all hell is going to break loose. That's when things are going to challenge the very thing that you said. Just when you said, you know what? I'm going to make my marriage better. That's when you're going to have all kind of challenges. Just when you said, you know what? I'm going to find me another job. I'm going to start me a business or I'm going to make sure that this job, I'm going to make sure that where I am currently, that it's going to turn around. The very time you say that, then things come up against it. Why? Because it's coming to challenge the words that you spoke. Watch this. Let's let's go over to Luke chapter 15 and we'll just for the sake of time, we'll we'll start 
at verse 17. So this is the story of the parable of the lost son. And you hear me talk about this all the time when I'm talking about um, when I'm giving my appeals to Christ. And I talk about uh, being restored back to the father. But 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 I want to unpack something different today. Look at verse 17. So the the the, the son he goes, he, he gets his living from his father or his inheritance. He goes to a far country, he spends everything, a famine hits that place, and now he's there with no money and in the middle of a famine. And so in the midst of it, in his lowest time, he's getting ready to eat some husk with the swine, or he's getting ready to eat the same food that pigs are eating. And, and, and so um, he gets to chat on to verse 17 and watch what he says. But when he came to himself, you heard that? When he came to himself, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? See, conscientious, he started to think. He was thinking about what was going on in his life and where he had been, where he currently was and where he could go. I'm going to say that again, where he's been, where he currently is and where he's going. Some of us for the for the life of me, I can't understand why we don't reflect. Why don't we why, why don't we uh, be, stay present of where we are and why don't we plan? Why don't we reflect? Why don't we stay present and, and appreciate where we are and why don't we plan for the future? But 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 here it is. He's 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 at a point now where he's starting to reflect. He's becoming conscientious about where he is and where he's been and where he needs to go. Watch this. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Oh, man, let me just stop right there. This don't have anything to do with declarations, but I'm going to throw those in the end for free. He says that I've sinned against heaven and before you. Don't you know when you do things to your family members, to your spouse, to your co-workers, when you sin against them, not only are you sinning against them, but you sinning against God. As a matter of fact, you sinning against God first and then against them. So when you wrong someone, guess what? You're wrong in God. Man, that's good, Prim. Yeah, I'm going to say that again. So when you're wronging people, when you're doing things you're not supposed to do, you are not only, you're not only sinning against that person, but you're also doing it against God. Therefore, that's why it's so important to do everything that we do as unto the Lord. So when you work, when you're in a relationship, whatever the case may be, you should be doing it as unto the Lord. And so let me share this, this truth with you. Reflection is good for the soul. Reflection is good for the soul. Before you start declaring things, make sure you think that out. Don't say something just for the sake of saying it. Make sure that as you speak these words, because words are powerful. And so before you start to loose things out your dimples, Make dear dentures, make sure that you reflect on what it is. That's why they said that reflection is good for the soul, for your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotion. Make sure that you reflect. And watch this in verse number 19. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired 
servants. In verse 20, he says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. He rehearsed, he reflected what it was that, that he was going to say. And, and, and he declared it out of his mouth that this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and it turned out for his good. Why? Because after he reflected of where he was and what he had done, and he decided he was going to go back home, the good came to him. So, so reflection is good for the soul because before you declare, you've got to be conscientious. Let's go a little bit deeper. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're talking about declarations. First Samuel chapter 17 at verse number 26. Samuel chapter 17 at verse 26. Now, you know, in verse 16, David has already been anointed king, but he's not on the throne. He's still tending to his dad's sheep. And we get to verse 17. And so now here's where... Uh, the Philistines are, are, are challenging uh, Judah and, the, and Israel. And so we get to a point where um, David's father um, has sent him to take some things to his brother on the front line and get there. When he gets there, David gets a front row seat to what's going on. And watch this in verse number um, let me, let me, let me go 24, if you don't mind. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man talking about Goliath, fled from him and was dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and it shall be that the man who kills him the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and give his father's exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men, watch this is where I want to be, who stood by him saying, what shall be done with this man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. See, now David gets bold in this thing. Here it is. He's one of the smallest. If you go back and you look in chapter 16, he talk about how ruddy he was, how small he was. Just a cute little fellow. But, but here it is. David has something in him that other folks didn't have. And so I'm submitting to you that there are some things in your life. You, God made you distinctly different from the person to the left, to the right, to the person in your house and out of your house. God made you distinctly different. He gave you some things. He equipped you with some things to do what it is he's called you to do. And so David was walking in this confidence that he already understood and knew who he was and whose he was. Why is this verse 27? And the, and the people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, Eliab, his older brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why do you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? 
I know your pride and your insolence of your heart. And for you have come down to see the battle. So here it is. David's older brother's going to throw some shade on him. Like, man, what you doing down here? Go on, go on and tend to your few little sheep. People always got a way of, 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 of trying to downgrade you, trying to talk you down. Um, just because you just because you walking in what it is that God has called you to walk in. You know how it is. Yeah, I heard they got their little job. I heard they got their new little car. They got their little house. Everything is little. Why? Because they want to diminish what it is that we've been doing. But let me tell you something, beloved. I don't care what it is when God has blessed you with it. You walk in it. You walk with the power. You walk with the confidence. You walk with the with the uh, with the sense of, I know who I am and I know whose I am. And so that's why David was walking in this quiet confidence that people just couldn't understand. Watch verse 29. And David said, what I have I done now? Is there not a cause? Man, I could preach right there for days. Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him and said, as the first ones did. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they were reported them to Saul and he sent for him. Here's, here's uh, reflection or, 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 or revelation truth number two. Boldness calls you into purpose. Boldness calls you into purpose. So when you start to declare some stuff, man, you got to be bold about that thing. When you, when you heard me talk about Muhammad Ali, so you got to be courageous enough. You got to be bold enough to start declaring some stuff and know that it's going to come to pass. And when you start to declare that thing, when you start to chart to walk in it, there's a level of boldness. You, you got to believe. You heard me say it earlier. You got to know that you know that you know. And, and so in verse 30, he says now, he says, now, I, I, um, I'm going to do, I, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing. He said the same thing to these people, and they answered them as the first one did. And now when the words David spoke were heard, and they reported them to Saul, and he sent for them. Then verse 32, that's where I want to be. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Here it is, David, the smallest guy. He wasn't even in the army, but yet and still he went to do what all these other folks didn't want to do. Let me tell you something. God has something specifically for you to do that nobody else can do. God's got a design for you. Sometimes I submit to you that sometimes God will require us to do some things that some other people won't do. Who say that again, Prim? Sometimes God will call you to do some very difficult things that no one else is willing to do. So don't be afraid if there's some willing things that happens in your life. Uh, my, my uncle said something to me yesterday that was extremely powerful. My uncle Jim said, he said, you know what, Fred? He says, sometimes people shy away from opportunities because it seems to be a challenge. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes people shy away from opportunities because they present themselves as a challenge. And so as a result, we don't look at it as an opportunity. We look at it as a challenge. 
I'm going to say that again. We don't look at it as an opportunity. We look at it as a challenge. What David saw was when he saw Goliath, he saw Goliath as an opportunity. Remember, they told you all the stuff he was going to get. So he saw that as an opportunity and not a challenge. And so I'm suggesting to you that you need to start declaring this stuff and know that everything that you're facing is not a challenge. It's just simply an opportunity. Let's go a little bit deeper. So first, reflection is good for the soul. Second, boldness calls you into a purpose. You see these examples of one being conscientious with the younger son in Luke chapter 15. And then secondly, we see the courage of David right here in 1 Samuel. And thirdly, let's talk about what conviction looks like. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And this is where I drop you off. I know y'all can't believe it. I know you can't believe it. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And at... I wanted to start at verse 8, but can y'all give me a little liberty? Let me take a little liberty and let me let me start at... Um, at verse number six, and here's uh, Paul's valedictory. Paul's valedictory. You said valedictory. What is that? So when the when the valedictorian speaks at the end of the gra- at the at the graduation, is really called a valedictory. And, and so here's what Paul says. Paul says in verse number six, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. Man, that's powerful. And the time of my departure is at hand. You hear me say this every week before we dismiss. I fought a good fight. I have finished my race. Your text may say course. And I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Here's my last and final truth for today. Order and obedience should be the end result. Order and obedience should be the end result. Paul is at the end and he's telling them, he's like, look, he's already gave Timothy this charge and he's telling Timothy, man, I need you to continue to run this race. I need you to take the baton and go. And so he's telling him at the end and he's telling them basically, look, man, I've, I've finished. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. See, he gives them this in order. And he's basically saying, I've been obedient to everything that I needed to do. And so at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I'm being in order and I'm being obedient. And that should be the end result. See, when I declare some things, when Paul declared this, he declared this with conviction. Paul knew 
He said, man, I'm telling you, if you know like I know, I know you've been with me, Timothy, but there are some things that, that I went through that you didn't see. And so, so you're going to go through some things that people are never going to see. And so sometimes you're going to have to be like Dave. You're going to have to encourage yourself. You're going to have to declare some things. But as long as you stay in order and as long as you are obedient, at the end of the day, you'll be able to accomplish what it is that God has called you to do. So let me give you three points of connection and I'll get out of your way. Here's the first point of connection. Declaration brings hope. Each and every last text that I went to, I went to three different texts today. In each one of them, they brought hope. The young man, when he went back to his father, when he declared it, he was declaring that, knowing that, you know what, I'm hoping that when I go home, my situation is going to be better than it was right now. Some of you need to start declaring some things so that your situation can be better after you declare than what it is right now. You see, when, 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 when David comes and he declares, he's bringing hope. Why? Because Saul is looking for somebody to come and, and take this guy out. And he's hoping that somebody would stand up and would do it. And, and so this declaration of David causes hope to come in his life. And so, and then when you see Paul, when he's talking to Timothy, he's telling Timothy, look, man, I, I, I'm declaring this thing because I'm encouraging you that I've already done my part. I need you to do yours. And, and so there's this, this, this declaration brings hope. But declaration, here's point number two, declaration also brings accountability. When you declare some things, then you got to be a, you got to be accountable for it. the reason why some people don't say some things is because they don't want to be accountable for it. the reason why we don't tell people we're going to lose weight. Why? Because if we don't lose weight, then they don't say anything. The reason why we tell folks we're not going to start the new business or we're not going to start the new job. Why? Is because we don't want people to hold us accountable and be asking us about it. How many times have you decided, well, I'm going to do this because I don't want people to ask me about it. No, that's the very thing you should do because there's a level of accountability when I declare something. And so when I start to declare it, there is a level of accountability. And then the third and final point of connection is finality. Declaration brings finality. So what do you mean? What do you mean, Pastor? And I'll start. I'll end just the way that I started. You remember I talked about the Declaration of Independence and how they declared themselves to be not sovereign from um, Great Britain and that they were going to do their own thing. Well, they had to know that they had been going through all these different things. And finally, there came to a certain point where they say, you know what, that's it. I'm going to make this declaration and I'm done with it. And I'm going to move on to where it is I'm supposed to be. Some of you right now, somebody's listening to this or somebody's watching this and you are almost at wit's end. That's good. I'm glad you're almost at wit's end. Why? Because that means it's the end of one thing. It's in with the old or out with the old and in with the new. Declarations, they bring about finality. Start declaring certain things over your life and say, I'm no longer going to do this. I'm no longer going to do this or I'm going to do this. And, and when you start to declare that, watch this sense of finality come in your life and you'll start to walk in what it is that you have declared. But you can't just declare it. 
you got to do something about it. Faith without works is dead, being alone. Whatever you do, make today your day. Everybody else will be um, talking about the Declaration of Independence and the, and the 4th of July and everything else. But I want you to make this your day that you declare whatever it is that you've been believing God for. And when you declare it, start to walk it out even as you see it. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you now for another opportunity to be in your word. God, we boldly declare that this is Declaration Day. So everything that they've been believing you for, God, we declare it with them now and we stand in agreement, God. Father, we declare their healing, God. We declare their wholeness and their safety. We declare salvation of loved ones, God. We declare now marriages being restored, God. Father, we declare now uh, health, God. Father, we declare peace, God. Father, we just thank you now that we can declare a thing and it shall be established, not because of our own power and might, but because of your spirit. And Father, when it's all said and done, we'll be so careful and prayerful to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to make some appeals. And so while I'm doing this, this is Communion Sunday. You see me with the, the black attire on. So if you would, if you would go and um, find your communion um, host and your wine as I make some appeals here. I don't want to take this by... Um, just lightly, uh, or I don't want to be uh, presumptuous. That's that may be an appropriate word. Um, that you are listening to this on this podcast, or you you see this on your timeline, or you see it on YouTube, or you may even see it on on a tele on a television broadcast. I don't want to take it that that everyone that watches um, this broadcast is saved. So I want to make some appeals. This first appeal is that you may not be saved. You might have never confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible declares over in Romans 10, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you shall be saved. So if you know that you've never, ever confessed Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this first uh, appeal is for you. It's very simple. Just confess your sins confess that Jesus is Lord and that he's died for your sins and your salvation and you could be a part of God's family. Secondly, you may say, well, pastor, I'm saved, but man, I backslid and I got good news for you. He's married to the backslider. I don't care what you've done in the past. God is waiting right here to restore you. If you go back and you read that whole chapter of Luke chapter 15 that I was talking about today, you know, I told you how the, the young man reflected on his life with his parents and he went back home. It's the same way with us. God never leaves us. Just like that young man left home, his dad never left. God never leaves us. We leave him. So if you know that you need to be back in right standing with God, I'm just here as a point of contact to connect you with the father. So if you know that you need to be back in right standing with God, the second appeal is for you. And third and finally, I have a 3A and a 3B. You may be um, saved. You may be in good standing. But you say, you know what? Pastor, I need a church home. I'm in the Birmingham area. And man, I need a church home. I need a place where I can go and grow in the things of God. And I've been watching you. I've been listening to you. And I just believe that this teaching is what God has sent to me 
to allow me to grow not only spiritually, but naturally. And I just believe that this is the place that I'm supposed to be. Well, let me tell you something. I can't think of a better place than Word of Life Community Church, Greater Birmingham, where we're going to teach you the word line upon line. It's going to be practical applications. We're going to love on you. We're going to give you good Christian fellowship. We're going to cover you with prayer. We're going to hold you accountable to the word. I can't think of a better place to be than Word of Life Community Church, Greater Birmingham. So, you know, if you're in the Birmingham area, you want to be a part, you you can please come and be a part of our ministry. And then 3B, you may say, well, hold on, Pastor. Uh, I'm not in Birmingham, but, but the same things that you just said, I want that. Well, you can be a part of our online campus. We have online members that come and we, we do everything that I just said. We pray for them. We cover them. We counsel them. Um, we, we continue to teach them the word. We hold them accountable to the word. Um, they're just out of town. And so if you want to be a part of our online campus, this appeal is also for you. So first come for salvation, secondly for restoration, and third and finally, if you need a church home, these three appeals are for you. And if you, if, if, if that is the case, you can simply email me at pastorprim at wolcc.us. Pastor Prim at wolcc.us. You'll see it coming across the screen. Um, and if uh, you want, if you're watching um, by Facebook Live or YouTube, and if you want to put it in the chat, you can simply put change. And we'll know that we will contact you and we will minister to you uh, appropriately. W -O, Pastor Prim at wolcc.us. Or you can simply put in the chat, change, and we'll make sure that we get to you and we will minister to you appropriately. If you need prayer, um, please, same thing. You can email me at pastorpream at wolcc.us or you can simply put it in the chat box, prayer. And if you feel comfortable enough, you can put what you need prayer for. But if you would prefer for it to stay private, just say prayer and I'll make sure that we reach out and we will minister to you appropriately. Well, let's get ready for today's communion. I'll give you an opportunity to get your communion together. Amen. So on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, said to his disciples, take your olive and eat it, for this is your body. Do this in remembrance of me. You may eat. Also, that same night he took the cup. Again, he gave it thanks and praise. He said to his disciples, take your olive and drink it, for this is my blood, the blood of the new and everlasting covenant. Do this as often as you will. In remembrance of me, you may drink. For as often as you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now for another opportunity to share communion with you, God. Father, we thank you for the kind of near. We thank you for the oneness. 
And God, we take this communion as an outward show of the things that we've already believed you for. And so we boldly declare whatever it is that you would have for us, God. And Father, we thank you that you've searched our hearts and you know exactly what it is that we have need of, even before we ask. And so, Father, we thank you now for the miraculous happening and we seal it with this communion. And when it's all said and done, we'll make sure that we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to be extremely safe. Have a great weekend. I want you to make sure that you uh, share this broadcast with someone. Um, and, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to them. But until next week, at the same time, this same platform, whatever it is that you're watching or listening to song, as I always say, and I even said it today in 2 Timothy 4 and 8, whatever you do, fight a good fight. Finish your course, but most of all, keep the faith. Until next week, you be blessed. Take care.